Hey, it's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels for another riveting day. Good gracious, isn't Dr. Fauci in the hot seat between the Republicans and also Project Veritas unloading a whole bunch of documents from DARPA? DARPA is the super secret element of the Department of Defense that experiments on all sorts of fun stuff. Um, the, I forgot what they call it on the medical side. I think it's BARPA with a B instead of a D for Delta. Um, but they also have their own version of DARPA. So, oh, goodness gracious. So the House Republicans today, they sent off the warning shot, right? So last night, Project Veritas released a little itty-bitty video, maybe two or three minutes long. And I looked at it and I went, okay, so there's not really much to talk about here so they said something icky but today is when project veritas released the documents that they had now here's something else before project veritas released the documents the republicans the house oversight committee had a whole bunch of questions for dr fauci i suspect the oversight committee had access to project veritas's documents which is why they decided to ask these questions of dr fauci also dr fauci was on the stand today in front of congress very very flustered they even caught him on a hot mic cursing underneath his breath after he was given a hard time and rightfully so rightfully so to give this little jerk a hard time what a megalomaniac he is he you know what he is Dr. Fauci is the stereotypical liberal elitist that can't fathom the idea that someone would dare question his authority or his judgment because he has done the homework, he's done the schooling, he knows exactly what to do. And you, mere peasant, mere peon, how could you even know how to spell half of the things that I talk about on a daily basis. Well, Dr. Fauci, up yours. But before we get into that, this is a headline that USA Today decided to throw out there on Twitter, and it was for an article that was behind a firewall. So you couldn't see the article unless you were a paid subscribing member to USA Today. So no one, no one in their right mind would be a paid subscribing payer or a subscriber to USA Today because we can get that information pretty much anywhere. So USA Today tweeted this at 9 a.m. this morning, bright and early, and then quickly deleted it. So this is the title of their tweet, or the, the this is their tweet that segues into the article behind their paywall. And they subsequently deleted it. When most of the public thinks of pedophilia, oh yes, touching and raping children, they assume it's synonymous with child sexual abuse. Yes! What else are we to assume? A pedophile is an adult who is sexually attracted to children, but not all pedophiles abuse kids. And some people who sexually abuse kids are not pedophiles. Why are they doing this? Why are they trying to feather the nest and socially engineer the public to be accepting of people that like to rape children? To be accepting of people that get wet or get hard looking at a four-year-old? Why are we in the public being subjected to this bizarre, disgusting, debased, degenerate 
point of view from the mainstream media. I'll tell you why. It's because all of their friends do it. It's because all of their friends, all of these extremely powerful connections, are all engaging in this kind of behavior. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I think that uh, a lot of these people engage in this kind of behavior. I don't know for certain, but I've done enough research to have my assumptions in that area. Um, all you have to do is look at Jeffrey Epstein. And all you have to do is look at Jeffrey Epstein's flight log to know all of the extremely powerful people that went to Epstein Island more than once, or in some cases, 26 times like Bill Clinton to know that these individuals are debased, horrid in human beings that should have their just desserts coming to them. All right, so enough of that. But Dr. Fauci, here we go. House Republicans release a icky, icky letter to Dr. Fauci. We write to request a transcribed interview of Dr. Fauci. Excerpts of emails are being made public today, and they reveal that Dr. Fauci was warned of two things, the potential that COVID-19 leaked from a lab and the possibility that the virus was intentionally genetically manipulated. It is imperative that we investigate this and so on and so forth. Signed, Representative James Comer, Jim Jordan, and Health and Human, uh, to, actually to the Health and Human Secretary's Xavier Becker, or whatever, however you say Xavier's last name. So the point here is, if Dr. Fauci knew that COVID-19 leaked, if Dr. Fauci knew that it was intentionally genetically manipulated or was at least warned about it, that means Dr. Fauci lied to the American public for two years straight with a straight face. And that means that Dr. Fauci is in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. This allowed EcoHealth to complete dangerous experiments on novel, uh, novel, excuse me, bad coronaviruses with little oversight because, because despite uh, claiming otherwise on multiple occasions, Dr. Fauci was in fact aware of the monetary relationship between NIAID, the NIH, and EcoHealth Alliance with the Wuhan lab. So Dr. Fauci had to approve the funding to EcoHealth to launder the money so that Wuhan could start doing the research. There is no way Dr. Fauci did not know about these experiments with COVID-19 and genetically modifying bat coronaviruses. He allowed the money to go there. And you can't, EcoHealth just can't say, hey, can you give me a few million bucks? EcoHealth being the non-governmental organization that uh, basically the government gives money to. So, and then EcoHealth gives that money to various labs around the country that can perform experiments that U.S. law will not allow uh, those experiments to be formed in the United States, okay? So basically, they're outsourcing very, very dangerous research through money laundering operations like EcoHealth. That's all this is, okay? So the, they, they can't perform these experiments on American soil, so they give it to a non-governmental organization like EcoHealth. The money gets laundered. The money then goes to these various labs around the world where they can continue to study all of this dangerous, dangerous viral 
uh, uh, genetically modified viruses. And then, oh, look, it wasn't performed. These studies aren't being done on American soil. It's being done on Chinese or Kazakhstan soil. So it's all, it's all fine now. Yeah, okay. Okay. So the conference call that they're referring to occurred on February 1st of 2020. It was in this conference call that Dr. Fauci and Collins were first warned that this may have leaked and may have been intentionally genetically manipulated. Again, it is unclear if either of those two stooges ever passed these warnings along to other governmental officials or if they simply ignored them. Okay, so what was going on February 1st of 2012? We were in a presidential election cycle. So why on earth would a Democrat like Dr. Fauci and a Democrat like Collins ever in a million years give Donald Trump a fair shake at overcoming something as damaging as COVID-19? And I mean that—I uh, mean that with tongue in cheek, because it's not physically damaging so much as it is damaging for his election cycle. So um, they, they cite a whole bunch of things now. Here is something that they do cite. Now, this is uh, Mike Farzon, the discoverer of a SARS receptor. So he's writing these emails going back and forth. And he says, guess what? I am 70-30 or 60-40 odds-wise saying that this thing leaked from a lab versus going coming out from, of nowhere from nature. So he is of the... the uh, mindset that there's a 70% chance or a 60% chance of this COVID-19 deal being from a lab. He goes, I really can't think of a plausible natural scenario where you get from the bat virus or one very similar to it, where you insert exactly four amino acids, 12 nucleotides that all have to be added at the same exact time to gain this function. Remember, gain of function making proteins more deadly in this case that and you don't change any other amino acid i just can't figure out how this gets accomplished in nature they knew about it from day one they knew about it since february 1st of 2020 that this thing could potentially be something that doesn't occur in nature oh goodness gracious and do you want to know what else you find out in the Project Veritas emails that got released? Well, I will tell you. This comes from the U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph P. Murphy. And he is associated with DARPA. So DARPA is like I said. It is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. So basically they go around and they think of the wildest, most bizarre technology you can imagine, times that by a thousand, and DARPA works on it. So you're talking about crazy stuff in some cases, wormholes, uh, time travel technology. That's the kind of stuff that DARPA looks into. So Project Veritas released all of this, and... He is a commandant of the Marine Corps. He's a fellow over at DARPA. He sends this whole thing to the Inspector General. And the subject of it is SARS-CoV-2 Origins Investigation with U.S. Government Program Undisclosed Document Analysis. Okay, so in this document, he cites uh, 
the exact code and Project Veritas does release the, I guess, the submission code for EcoHealth that they got awarded to continue the studies for gain-of-function research in bat coronaviruses. So that's something that's been missing from this equation the whole time. So we finally got that data. It's a whole bunch of dry toast. I'm not going to go through it. But this email that we'll go through real quick, or analysis, I should say, that we'll go through real quick, because we're already uh, 12 and a half minutes. SARS-CoV-2 is an American-created recombinant bat vaccine or its precursor virus. Number one, page one, first sentence. Right out of the gate, right out of the gate, Major Joseph is saying that this thing is a creation not found in nature. American created. It's either a bat vaccine, so it means it's a vaccine for bats, for the bat population, right? Or it's precursor virus. It was created by EcoHealth Alliance at Wuhan and is suggested by the reporting surrounding the lab leak hypothesis. The details of the program have been concealed, and here's all of the stuff for it. And then it's a whole bunch of barcodes and stuff. The contents of the program is extremely are extremely detailed. Peter Dajak lays out a step-by-step what the organization intends to do by phase and by location. So that means that there are multiple locations that were engaged in manipulating bat coronaviruses. What are those other locations? We would seriously like to know that information. The primary scientists involved and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the reasons why non-pharmaceutical interventions like masks and medical countermeasures like mRNA vaccines do not work well can be extrapolated from these details. And he goes on to explain. SARS-CoV-2 form... Uh, as it emerged, is likely a precursor, deliberately virulent, humanized, recombinant SARS-CoV virus that was to be reverse-engineered into a live, attenuated COVID bat vaccine. So what does that mean? They're trying to re-engineer, so reverse-engineer. We have something, we've got to break it down, and then we're going to build it back into something else that we want, okay? That's exactly what it means, right? And they took a humanized version of a SARS-CoV virus. In other words, the common cold, the common human cold. They took that and they re-engineered it to create a vaccine for bats so that there was less of a bat coronavirus going around in caves for bats. That's what all this means. In nature, its nature can be determined from analysis of its genome, and on and on we go. When synthesized with EcoHealth Alliance proposals, U.S. collections confirm EcoHealth was performing the work proposed. In other words, they were doing what they said they were going to do and re-engineer bat coronaviruses, okay? The purpose of the EcoHealth program called DIFFUSE, and it's got a, it, that's an acronym, DIFFUSE, D-E-F-U-S-E, stands for something else, in the proposal was to inoculate bats in China caves where confirmed SARS-CoV COVID viruses were found. Ostensibly, <laughs> couldn't say it, ostensibly doing this 
would prevent another pandemic. The bat's immune systems would be reinforced to prevent deadly SARS-CoV viruses from emerging. Okay, sounds altruistic. The specific language used in EcoHealth's document is to inoculate bats with novel chimeric polyvalent spike proteins to enhance their adaptive immune memory against specific high-risk viruses. So what does that mean, right? Inoculate bats with novel chimeric polyvalent spike proteins. Essentially, inoculate the bats with nanotechnology that are that's chimeric, so a blend of different things. Being defense-related, it makes sense that EcoHealth submitted it originally to DARPA and then got rejected, then went to NIH and, and Dr. Fauci. That's what a lot of this says, okay? And he explains a little bit more. Um, okay, so this is the important part. We're on page four now. Uh, SARS-CoVID-Wuhan. And they they go, they they do it by um, they they come up with SARS-CoV WIV, so that just means that this particular strain of COVID came from Wuhan. Uh, so I'm just gonna call it COVID-19 from here on out. Okay, I'm not gonna read through that whole thing. All right, it is a synthetic spike protein chimera, so genetically engineered, engineered to attach to human ACE2 receptors and inserted into recombinant bat COVID-19 backbones. It is likely a live vaccine not yet engineered to a more attenuated state that the program sought to create with its final version. It leaked COVID-19 and spread rapidly because this, this was the original product, was aerosolized. So it went around the air. You have a, you have a can, like spray paint, you aerosolize, like your hairspray. So it could efficiently infect bats in caves, but it was not ready to infect, infect bats yet, which is why it does not appear to infect bats. So they screwed up. That's basically what it was. It was meant to infect bats, but it wasn't ready, so it didn't infect the bats. The reason the disease, he continues, is so confusing is because it is less a virus, so it's not a virus, than it is an engineered spike protein hitchhiking a ride on a SARS-CoV quasi-species swarm. In other words, in other words, the, all this thing is a bunch of nanotechnology gene therapy platform spike proteins attached to basically various common colds, various common human colds. So it would spread around in the air rather than having to go around and inject every bat with this vaccine. That's essentially what you're talking about here. The closer it is to the final live attenuated vaccine form, the more likely that it has been de-attenuating since initial escape in August of 2019. August of 2019. What does that mean? Does everybody remember all of the deaths that were associated with the jewels, with the vapes, with the vape pens? I wonder if those deaths had anything to do with this leaked COVID-19. Okay, so Major Joseph continues, the utility of certain countermeasures can be extrapolated. The team selected for COVID-19 that were most monoclonal antibody and vaccine resistant. Okay, so they so what does that mean? They selected the most um, resistant human cold coronavirus. That's what that means. 
So it means the most the virus that would withstand most immune systems, okay? It is not practical to inoculate bats directly with shots, nor can bats get respiratory infections from droplets. Oh, so the team developed an aerosol to deliver the inoculations directly to the caves. Basically, they were going to smoke out the caves. To ensure it worked well, they developed the aerosol against masked civets. The proposal notes that interferon, remdesivir, and chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, phosphate inhibits SARS-CoV viral replication. From day one, from August of, well, at least, I shouldn't say August, from at least early 2020, maybe even 2019, late 2019, they knew hydroxychloroquine worked against all of it from day fucking one. Because, Major uh, Joseph continues, because it is now known that SARS-CoV-2, wait, no, because of its now known nature, excuse me, COVID-19 illness is readily resolved with early treatment, something that Dr. Fauci refuses to even mention or acknowledge, something that these hospitals and these healthcare networks refuse to acknowledge, nor do they, nor do they even agree to even say, well, you know what, maybe early treatment could work. Ugh. Resolve that early treatment that inhibits the viral replication, in other words, hydroxychloroquine that we found in the bullet point above, that spreads the spike proteins around the body, which induce a harmful overactive immune response as the body tries to clear the spikes from the ACE2 receptors, right? So that's why all of a sudden people get short of breath because their immune system goes haywire trying to remove those spike proteins. Many of the early treatment protocols ignored by the authorities work because they inhibit viral replication or modulate the immune response to the spike proteins, which makes sense within the context of what EcoHealth was creating. Some of these treatment protocols also inhibit the action of the engineered spike protein. Right there, that sentence says... This thing was created in a lab. It is not found in nature. It is not natural. It was an engineered spike protein. Okay, for instance, ivermectin. Does everybody remember? Oh, it's the horse dewormer. How could those stupid Trump supporters ever even consider a horse dewormer for an effective treatment against COVID-19? Right here in the effing document, it says it is. For instance, ivermectin, identified as early as April 2020, works throughout all phases of illness because it both inhibits viral replication and modulates the immune response, which means, in other words, how do you modulate the immune response? You get the immune system to calm down, like earlier in the paragraph, overactive immune response. You get the immune system to cool its jets and it also, at the same time the immune system is calming down, it's the viral replication is inhibited. So it stops. So the virus stops. So they knew from early 2020 that ivermectin worked. That ivermectin worked. It didn't matter when you took it. You could take it the first day you feel symptoms. You could take it if you test positive and are asymptomatic. You could take it 14 days into your COVID-19 positive COVID test with symptoms. 
ivermectin works throughout all phases of illness. They didn't have to do this for the past two years. They didn't have to inoculate people with these experimental gene therapy platforms. They could have been using ivermectin from day one. And Dr. Fauci knew it, and Dr. Fauci covered it up. Of note, he continues, chloroquine phosphate, hydroxychloroquine, is identified in the proposal as a COVID-19 inhibitor as is interferon identified in May. They knew what to do at, at the latest of April of 2000. A month into this, they knew exactly what to do and exactly how to combat all of this. Why didn't they do it? Why didn't they allow the public to get cheap, affordable drugs that would have allowed people to stay alive? Why didn't they do it? I'll tell you, orange man, bad. So he continues, the gene-coded, gene-coded. So it's not a normal vaccine. It is gene-coded or mRNA vaccines work poorly because they are synthetic replications of an already synthetic COVID-19 spike protein and possess no other epitopes. So in other words... They're injecting you with fake spike proteins trying to go after fake spike proteins. None of it which is found in nature. The mRNA instructs the cells to produce synthetic copies of the COVID-19 synthetic spike protein directly into the bloodstream, wherein they spread and produce the same ACE2 immune storm that the recombinant vaccine does. In other words... You get inoculated, your body freaks out, freaks out, because now it has synthetic copies of a synthetic spike protein, not in the immune system, but in the bloodstream, someplace where it should never go. So, the COVID, uh, where was I? Many doctors in the country have identified that the symptoms of vaccine reactions mirror the symptoms of the disease, which corroborates with the similar synthetic nature and function of the respective spike proteins. The vaccine recipient has no defense against the bloodstream entry, but their nose, your simple nose, protects them from a from the recombinant spike protein quasi-species during natural inflection, infection. Sorry. Better termed as aerosolized inoculation. Right there in the document, it says you have a better immune system than any gene therapy platform. And on top of that, the gene therapy platform makes your body go nuts because it's injecting synthetic spike proteins based off of another synthetic spike protein directly into the bloodstream. And your body continues to freak the fuck out. And on top of that, your mucous membranes protect you more than any, any uh, inoculation could. Furthermore, the EcoHealth proposal states that a vaccine approach lacks sufficient epitope coverage to protect against quasi-species of coronavirus. What does that mean? It means that once you get a variant, Delta, Lambda, um, Omicron, whatever, the vaccines don't work. 
That's what that means. Now you know, oh, you need a booster. Oh, you need another booster. Oh, thank goodness we've got booster number five in the span of 13 months. Consequently, they are trying to make vaccines work by, quote-unquote, targeted immune boosting via vaccine inoculators using chimeric polyvalent recombinant spike proteins. The nature of using a spike protein vaccine with one epitope against the spike protein vaccine with a quasi-species may explain the unusual antibody response amongst the vaccinated to the new variants. Fundamentally, the knowledge the proposal provides, okay, on and on we go. Okay, so uh, there was one other thing here. Okay, the potential for COVID-19 to de-attenuate requires immediate attention. Live vaccines have been found to de-attenuate in the past. If this is the case with COVID-19, then the mass vaccination campaign actually performs an accelerated gain of function for it. In other words, a mass vaccination campaign makes the spike proteins that much more deadlier. Since it is designed for bats off of a human-susceptible COVID cold virus, vaccinating humans against it actually gains its function back towards a more de-attenuated human-susceptible form. In other words, the more vaccines you get, the worse this is going to get be. Because this whole original form of COVID-19 was meant to go after bats. And since you are using mRNA vaccines that are basically uh, creating fake spike proteins based off of another fake spike protein, you are increasing the deadliness of said spike proteins. Oh, and by the way, you injected it into your bloodstream. Improving the COVID-19 spike protein to gain robustness against monoclonal vaccines is one of the steps of the defuse program, which is the EcoHealth thing I told you about. The mechanism to improve the COVID-19 spike protein is to challenge it against animals that have spike protein-only antibodies. The attenuated virus will either die or adapt, and the intent was to perform this task against humanized mice and that, and then batified mice, so creating a, uh, a basically a bizarre bat-mice... My- <laughs> Bat mouse chimera. Um, okay, so this is where I'm gonna leave it off because it, it's I pretty much got through the whole thing. Okay, so last paragraph. COVID nineteen is not meant to kill bats, but immunize them, which is correct. Right in the beginning, it, that's what he said. Right, He's, they're gonna create some sort of. Uh, a, a vaccine against a bat coronavirus, and the only way to get it to the bats is to make it in an aerosoled form. So basically, smoke out the caves, they breathe this stuff in, and they're subsequently immunized, okay? That's the whole basis of all this. This nature may explain its general harmlessness to most people, thank you very much, and is its harmfulness to the old and comorbid who are in general more susceptible to vaccine reactions. The asymptomatic nature is also explained by the bat vaccine intention of its creators. And in quotes, a good vaccine does not generate symptoms. Okay, so how many uh, symptoms do we have on the inoculated with one, two, or three inoculations? Such effects would be expected of an immature vaccine or a vaccine being reverse-engineered from a more virulent form. The spike protein effect on ACE2 receptors exacerbates the harmfulness 
in accordance with age and comorbidity. So in other words, this thing is relatively harmless. The older you are, the less you're capable of dealing with it. The nature of COVID-19's deattenuation will also indicate future virulence, though, may, though knowing its nature at last neutralizes the threat as effective treatments can be applied with confidence. Basically, to sum all of this up, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Collins, Dr. Burks, a lot of people in the Defense Department, because this is all part of DARPA, a lot of people in EcoHealth, they all knew how to treat COVID as early as April of 2020. On top of it, this whole thing is relatively harmless if you just left it alone. And on top of that, your nose is a better protection against COVID than any sort of gene therapy prophylactic injection. And on top of all of this, they knew it. They knew all of it. All they had to do was use ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. But instead, they choose, chose to lie to all of us. They chose to force people to get inoculated with God knows what, because we still don't know the ingredients of this thing. And you're going to force people to get fired from their jobs because they're not offering simple, harmless drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. This is a crime against humanity. These people need to go before a Nuremberg 2.0 style trial. You cannot let these individuals get away with this because what they did to the human population in the United States and the rest of the world is beyond criminal. What they did probably goes into the category of a weapon of mass destruction. Or, even worse, crimes against humanity in the worst kind of way. These people cannot be allowed to roam free anymore. We need individuals like Rand Paul. We need people or groups like Project Veritas. We need people like Dr. Malone. We need all of those kind, Dr. Zelenko, all of them, to band together and force these people in front of a judge to stand what, uh, to be held accountable for their potential crimes. All right, that's it for me. It's 35 minutes. This is the Last Call podcast. As always, you can find me on Spotify, Anchor. Uh, you can also just do a Google search, Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. I'll show up everywhere. You can listen to me on uh, any on all of those platforms. You can also go to La um, Last Call Caravan on Twitter and Instagram. Find me over there. Share me. Like me, as always. And until tomorrow for another riveting broadcast, please, I appreciate everything that you do and everything that you contribute because you're all lovable fuzzballs just as much as I am, your intrepid host, Chris Michaels. <laughs>